guys, welcome back to another episode of Easter Egg Hunt, a Taylor Swift podcast. This is episode three, and we are in a weird spot because we're in between the announcement of Speak Now, Taylor's version, and the drop of the album. So we are getting that album at the end of this week on July 7th, which is also my best friend's birthday. And um, that is something that I am obviously looking very much forward to. If you haven't listened to the last two episodes of Easter Egg Hunt, I highly recommend you do that first and then come back to this episode because they both involve a lot of speculation around Speak Now Taylor's version. So this episode is going to be more of a transitional episode from my other podcast, the Spin Cycle Podcast, which is now on summer break. So if you are jumping over to this podcast from the other one, welcome. And if you're just here because you're a Taylor Swift fan and you have no idea who I am and you're just consuming all the Taylor content, you can also welcome. We get you. We love you. Um, We have a good time around here. So without further ado, here is the episode on the celebrities who are rumored to be subjects of Taylor Swift songs. So I want to start by going backwards. I want to start with Midnight's, the most recent record, of course. And that one, while mostly I think we can safely say is about her relationship with Joe Alwyn, there are some callbacks from other relationships. And most of those are on the extended versions of the album. The 3AM edition and the Till Dawn edition both have a lot of more Easter eggs to look at than the original 13, but one song in particular, Vigilante Shit, does allude to a lot of drama that we know about in the Taylor Swift cinematic universe. A few lines stand out in that song, but I think that one that really gives us some insight into who it could be about is, she needed cold hard proof, so I gave her some. She had the envelope, where do you think she got it from? Now she gets the house, gets the kids, gets the pride. Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife, which is very pointed because Scooter Braun actually went through a really tumultuous divorce last year in the summer of 2022, and there was a hefty settlement. Let me see exactly. So he was ordered to pay $20 million to his ex and pay her $60,000 a month in child support to cover the cost. So... What I find particularly interesting about this is that she mentions an envelope and cold hard proof, et cetera, et cetera. My speculation is that it's possible that Yael approached Taylor to give her proof of the sale of her masters to prove how much money that Scooter actually had in the bank, possibly tied up in businesses, et cetera, et cetera. I think that that could possibly be what she's alluding to here because I don't know. I think part of what really like makes me think this is that very recently Scooter Braun also came out and said that he like regretted the way um, it went down with the sale of Taylor's masters. And I wonder if that's because not because he had a a, like change of heart or anything like that, but because he was then (laughs) forced to pay his ex-wife $20 million, like write a check to her for $20 million and then write more checks to her (laughs) for the next several years for $60,000 a month. I mean, that's just insane. That's almost what I make in a year. Now, I do want to note that a lot of people originally thought that this 
particular song could possibly be about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West because obviously Kanye and Taylor have a lot of beef going back really far and recently similarly to Scooter Braun's comment Kim Kardashian also made a comment saying that she enjoyed Taylor Swift's music and thought it was really fun and like gave her a little compliment and shout out so I mean there is that also Midnight's the original drop happened on it launched it came out (laughs) I don't know I can't find that word Um, but the album came out on Kim Kardashian's birthday on October 21st of last year so that is an interesting little nugget I think I'm going to do a little poly poll on Instagram. So make sure you're following us at the Spin Cycle Media on Instagram because I want to know what y'all think. I want to know if you think that vigilante shit is about Kim or if it's about Scooter Braun's ex-wife, Yael Cohen. Let me know. Now, like I said, that's kind of the only song on the original album that really speaks to other conflicts besides her conflict with Joe. But then we got some extra little nuggets on the extra extended versions of the album so of course on our 3 a.m edition we get would have could have should have which so clearly is about john mayer there's a lot of things that allude to him but i think like to me personally the main thing um well besides the obviousness of her mentioning her age again talking about being 19 of course that is like her basically signing off on it herself saying this is about you john but i think also just as a fan I noticed that in her songs about John Mayer, including Dear John, she uses the verbiage of would have, could have, and should have a lot. Like, you should have known, I should have known, those kinds of things. So would have, could have, should have feels like a natural follow-up to Dear John in a lot of ways. It's like kind of the willow to cardigan. It's like the grown-up version of the same song. But then again, also get... High infidelity, which is really interesting to look at in hindsight because we know that April 29th, 2016, Gigi Hadid threw a big birthday party where John Mayer was in attendance. And she says, do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Do I have to tell you how he brought me back to life? And that is just a disturbing nugget of information considering what we just talked about. Um, but yeah, so that it seems like this is some some sort of confession to cheating on Calvin Harris, who was her boyfriend at the time, which we know from other songs that she was always kind of looking for a way out of that relationship. And I personally have been in a relationship just like that. So I kind of like understand the vibes, but truthfully like on a personal note i don't like to listen to the songs about calvin harris because they kind of trigger me with the boyfriend that they make me think of of course midnight rain does sort of allude to tom hiddleston possibly um where she speaks about him wanting a bride and him her really like chasing her fame and like building her name at the time which makes sense because there was quite an age gap between the two of them um so that's a really interesting um kind of callback there but i do wonder if it is like not a song that was written back then but her writing about maybe regretting 
breaking up with him because obviously she kind of like left him for Joe and then a lot of Midnight's in my opinion seems to be about her kind of like reconciling with the fact that their relationship was not turning out to be what she envisioned it to be Um, so it's possible in my opinion that that song is kind of her lamenting about the choices she made leading up to this point Now, for the sake of time here, I am going to skip over Folklore and Evermore because she claims that they are not autobiographical and that they are fictional and um, kind of more storytelling, um, hence their names, etc. So I'm going to follow her lead and I am going to skip over her quote unquote (laughs) non-autobiographical albums. Also, I am going to be lumping in the re-records with their original release dates, assuming that these songs were written at the time of their release. So next up for us is Lover. And again, most of this album is about Joe Alwyn, so this will be kind of a quick one. But the man, as we all know, is written not just about her, you know, anguish of um, her the sale of her masters and the ultimate like betrayal of her longtime label, Big Machine Records. Um, obviously, that is a huge influence but I think that going back to Kim Kardashian and Kanye West I do think that the man references some Kanyeisms there because of course she was super offended as is her right um, but was very offended by Kanye West implying that he made her famous on the track famous of course which like sparked this whole feud the second wave of the feud so to speak I Forgot That You Existed is, of course, a brutal track. It's a brutal track behind this, like, really happy, really chilled, like, (laughs) beat. It's something that you'd, like, listen to by the pool, but then it's, like, actually a a real lethal song. Um, But I Forgot That You Existed is an in my opinion, very transparently about Calvin Harris. Um, Again, I think she kind of used Tom Hiddleston as like a rebound or like an exit strategy from her relationship with Calvin Harris. But I think that 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 relationship was likely like pretty toxic. And um, it seems like Calvin Harris. Okay, I don't have evidence of this, obviously, but I just get the vibe. And again, maybe it's the boyfriend that he reminds me of of mine. But I get this feeling that Calvin Harris was very like jealous and possibly like, like controlling. I just like get that vibe. So um, I feel like I forgot that you existed is kind of like a celebratory song of being like, okay, like you no longer have this like hold on me anymore. Because I do think that, um, you know, this was during the era of her like bleaching her hair and like, (laughs) you know, just being really like punk rock. And like this was definitely when she was coming out of her shell more um, and like not trying to be like America's sweetheart so much. So Um, I feel like I forgot that you existed was kind of a um, like a toast (laughs) to her being like actually free of Calvin Harris. 
And now I'm gonna feed the Gaylers for a second <laughs> because I do want to acknowledge that a lot of people think that a lot of the Reputation songs are about Carly Kloss. I definitely think that um, there are some references to her in the demise of their friendship. Um, and I will say, while I don't deny um, that it's possible that Taylor is potentially bisexual, I do not really see there being any kind of fling with Carly Kloss only because there wasn't really time. She was juggling a lot of men at this time, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner whatsoever, but there were a lot of men in her life at this time, and while I don't deny that it's possible that Taylor and Carly like hooked up or something after a drunken night or something like that, um, I just don't see there being an actual existing relationship there, mainly just because of timing. Anyway, let's get into what we think could possibly be about Miss Carly. I think something to note here is that Carly Kloss is not only married to a Kushner, meaning that she's, I think, like sisters-in-law with Ivanka Trump, but she also is like very close with Scooter Braun. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if Taylor and Carly kind of had a falling out over um, Taylor, or not Taylor, Carly's allegiances. Another reason that I do not think that Taylor and Carly were romantically involved is because on Evermore, Taylor kind of shades Carly in It's Time to Go and refers to her as a sister. And, um, you know, that's just a little much for me. (laughs) But back to reputation. We have to talk about Endgame. So... Fluently Forward, who I I really like her podcast and her social media presence, but she is like a she's like a hardcore gayler. <laughs> but I still am gonna um, use her kind of as a reference here. She pointed out that the song like doesn't really line up with her relationship with Joe Allen, but um, mentioning mentions that both parties have big reputations and um, like you know that doesn't really apply <laughs> to show um she also said that the line you and me would be a big conversation um kind of goes toward kind of alludes towards a you know taboo relationship but when carly got married she literally had Katy perry and scooter braun <laughs> at her wedding in 2018. So it seems like, you know, that could have been more of a wedge driven between them than some kind of like romantic falling out. But I'll let you be the judge. All right, on to 1989. And this is one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. It's just so like nostalgic for me. I was in college when it came out and i just have so many memories surrounding this song or this album so first up is probably the most obvious of her songs besides dear john because there's a name in the title and that is style and um but i love that one interview clip of her i think she's on ellen and ellen's like really pushing her to admit that style is about harry styles and she's like so why did you call it style and she goes um because we never go out of style would be too long which is true, um, but it's definitely about Harry Styles. The hidden message in the album was they, 
or no, was her heart belonged to someone who couldn't stay. And based on the timeline and the reference to like busy schedules and all this, um, and of course the fact that his name is Harry Styles, um, this song is most definitely about our Harry. Out of the Woods is also believed to be about Harry Styles, and there's a lot of references to like snowmobiles and paper airplane necklaces, those kinds of things. Um, they dated for about a month, which is crazy, but a lot happened within that month because obviously they got in some kind of like <laughs> accident and um, ended up in the hospital and like kept that all quiet, and then it all comes out in these songs, which is really cool. Um, but Anyway, All You Had to Do Was Stay um, is also said to be about Harry. All, all of these are kind of within the same, like, I don't know, realm of... I, it seems like she's mourning, like, more the, like, potential of the relationship because it ended so abruptly because, like, their schedules didn't line up and um, all those things. And obviously we saw them on so many, like, pap walks during the time. So it seems like they were, like, playing up their relationship because they knew that it would be good publicity for them. But people who think that this is, like, a PR relationship, I think, are truly delusional because <laughs> she wrote so many songs about him, a la Jake Hall. I think that she ends up writing so much about her like failed relationship, like like failed almost relationships that like never made it to what she thought they were gonna be. Um, almost like more than the full fledged relationships. Cause like you look at Tom Hiddleston and Calvin Harris and Taylor Lautner, like there are not that many songs about them. Um, a lot of her songs are more focused on the ones that like never really launched or took off which i find to be really interesting as a fellow sagittarius um (laughs) those are often the relationships in my own life that i've gotten caught up into like way more hung up on like what was wrong with me why won't you make me your girlfriend than like oh this relationship we tried and it didn't work out like that's a lot less um of like a headache here to not dwell on in my opinion And of course, Bad Blood is 100% about Katy Perry and their feud. Um, I freaking love this diss track, personally. I think that it does a really good job of doing, like, it's a totally different approach than like better than revenge obviously this isn't like over a man although like they both did date john mayer so maybe it is over a man (laughs) um but she really like stayed away from specifics didn't like call anybody out in particular but i think made enough references to where people knew exactly who she was talking about and clean is likely our latest reference to date of Joe Jonas, in my opinion. Um, it could also be about Harry Styles, which is what some people say, but I don't think that's possible because it is definitely a follow-up to You All Over Me, which is on Fearless. Um, I think when this song first came out, people thought it was probably about Harry Styles, especially because the like 10 months sober thing. Um, but I really believe that this is like a follow-up song to being fully over her first love, which is a very relatable um, thing. And I don't think that it's 
like weird <laughs> that there's so many years between her original songwriting about Joe Jonas and then this kind of being like, all right, I feel like actually healed from this now. Also should be noted that um, Imogene Heap helped write that song. Um, and Imogene Heap is a huge artist within the like dance community. So I've always been a fan of hers. All right, we've arrived at one of my favorite albums, Red, which we all know is kind of primarily about Jake Gyllenhaal. So I'm not going to (laughs) go super in depth about all the songs about Jake Gyllenhaal or this would be like a three hour long episode, but here we go. And again, I am lumping in the Taylor's version re-records with her original releases because I think it should be assumed that all the songs were written around the same time. So I am going in chronological order. What I thought was really cool about her, you know, Taylor's version project is how we can kind of go back in time and like plug in these like new this new context to what we thought was the timeline if that makes sense i think that this is where we first get some harry styles writing is during red i think message in a bottle is really clearly about harry styles and then maybe like you know meeting up in new york and then one of them leaving and the other one being in town and just like missing each other whatever ships in the night kind of thing um which i think kind of plays into the message in a bottle theme and imagery. So I think that that is our first real uh, appearance of Harry Styles in Taylor Swift's writing. It's been long established that Begin Again is about Connor Kennedy, who she met in, I believe, Cape Cod. She has always been a real big fan of the Kennedys. This is like a weird Taylor Swift rabbit hole is that she's like obsessed with the Kennedys and like really wanted to marry into the family. And then she like dated Patrick Schwarzenegger, which is like somehow connected to the Kennedys. I don't even really know. Like, feel free to go down that rabbit hole yourself, but I don't even, I can't. But she was like dating him and then she started dating Colin Kennedy um, or Connor, Colin, Connor. It's the same name. I don't know. I think it's Connor now that I've said it a lot. But am I just saying that because of succession? Again, I don't know. Um, one of the Kennedys, Connor or Colin. <laughs> and she, he was actually like several years younger than her. I think she was 20 and he was like freshly 18, something like that. Um, so that was where like people were kind of like thinking that was weird. And then she like she bought a home out there that was like really close to theirs and then he kind of got freaked out by that and then she was like all right and then sold it and profited like 20 million or something (laughs) um yeah but that one's definitely about mr kennedy um but i do want to talk about state of grace that one's obviously an early song about jake gyllenhaal before everything went wrong um she says four fire signs or two fire signs four blue eyes and that tracks with um jake but it also tracks with joe jonas i think they're both leos or actually ugh, jake might be a sagittarius like me that's and her that's embarrassing but i don't i don't claim the sagittarius men One that attracted a lot of speculation with the re-release was Girl at Home. Some people thought that this could potentially be about Zac Efron um, when he was dating Vanessa Hudgens, which is an interesting thought. 
Okay, so after a quick Google search, it does appear that she and Zach were doing like voice acting for the Lorax at the time. So they would have been in contact and then also appeared on Ellen together. So that is a big reason why people think it's about him. Some other people have thrown out that it could potentially be about Justin Bieber. But frankly, I don't really see that fitting into this timeline. I think probably her most star-studded album is actually Speak Now. (laughs) So I guess this episode does kind of go along with Speak Now, Taylor's version, because I'm really excited to see what secret songs we get on there. Obviously, we know the names of them, which if you listen to the last episode, I kind of gave my predictions about like what I thought each song would be about based on the titles and who is featured on the tracks. Um, But Speak Now, the original version has plenty of references to famous people, including, of course, Joe Jonas. So again, I'm not going to go through every song about Joe Jonas. Um, I will point out, of course, Dear John being about John Mayer and it being um, a very cutting song that not only like attacks him through the lyrics, but also kind of mimics his music style um, in the actual like composition of the song, which I find to be really pointed. I love that um, extra edition. Then, of course, we know that Better Than Revenge is about Camilla Bell, who, like, it's funny that she even calls her an actress on the track because I've never seen her be in anything before or after this. So I don't know. Um, But yeah, there's her for sure. (laughs) This is also the first time that we see her write about Kanye West as Innocent is rumored to be about him which is a very kind song (laughs) considering um, their history up until this point. This was written very shortly after the 2009 VMA incident, et cetera, et cetera. Long Live is also apparently about her band and their kind of like Grammy sweeps and all of their kind of like rocket to fame. She still plays with a lot of these same players, which is, um, you know, adorable. Um, but Long Live is essentially a song that is dedicated to them. So even though they're not technically celebrities, I think that being part of Taylor Swift's band um, qualifies in some respect. <laughs> I have always had a lot of questions surrounding Sparks Fly. There are a lot of people who are kind of in contention to be (laughs) this person's subject. Um, But a lot of online communities suspect that this song is about Jake Owen, the country singer, who is, you know, super hot. Um, But she opened up for him um, in Portland when she was just 16. Obviously, this was written a couple years later, but her little hidden liner notes within the album spell out Portland, Oregon. So that being said, it does seem like this song is more of like a young girl writing about her celebrity crush than something that actually happened. But who knows? 
And of course, we all know that Back to December is about Taylor Lautner and how she kind of broke up with him because she was bored, which she references a lot in her songs about her being kind of bored with Taylor Lautner. And um, like she references that, I think, in Would Have, Could Have, Should Have, too. Um, So that's kind of brutal. But at least in Back to December, she apologizes to him (laughs) for... um, basically kind of like ghosting him she admits to like missing his birthday and those sorts of things um but yeah it's a it's a nice little song it's a it's a cute little apology basically only he and tom hiddleston get apology songs which i find to be really interesting as well now i believe that it's mine who is said to be about Corey monteith who passed away of a drug overdose a few years later i actually didn't really like i don't have any recollection of them dating or like even being pictured together so every time this comes up i'm like truly floored um (laughs) because i'm like i'm like wait did i just miss like an entire chapter of this book basically that's how it feels um And then Enchanted is said to be written about the lead singer of Owl City of Firefly's fame, which I think that everybody finds to be quite confusing because he's just, you know, a little nerd. Um, But yeah, that's who Enchanted was written about. So moving into Fearless, this is where we first start seeing Joe Jonas appear, of course. Um, His main songs are Forever and Always, Um, let's see, Mr. Perfectly Fine, of course, Jump Then Fall, The Way I Loved You. That song's kind of seems to be about comparing Joe Jonas to Taylor Lautner, so I guess I'll throw him in there too. A lot of these songs reference Joe Jonas and I guess a little bit of Taylor Lautner but I think a lot of them were still kind of about some non-famous people for example Hey Steven this is said to be I believe about a high school classmate and then of course we have 15 and Love Story which are kind of more um, storytelling than autobiographical more along the like folklore evermore line of writing so to speak but we still get a good heap of celebrities within this album as well something that I absolutely loved was when she released her re-recorded version of Fearless and Sophie Turner shared Mr. Perfectly Fine and was like well it's not not a bop because <laughs> we all know that Sophie is a big Swifty, and I actually love that for all of them. And of course, in some later songs, which we skipped in Evermore and Folklore, Taylor references sending babies of her exes gifts, and that is thought to be about Joe jo Jonas and Sophie Turner. When we get Speak Now, Taylor's version coming up very soon at the end of this week, I'm excited to kind of dive in and see what other nuggets we got from Miss Swift uh, that are Easter eggs pointing to her relationships with other celebrities. I think that's one of the most fun things about Taylor Swift and her songwriting is that we are able to really, like, 
get a glimpse into how she was feeling at certain times when she's not like talking to us kind of like right now with like Joe Allen and everything she won't like necessarily go on Good Morning America and talk about what happened with her relationship but she will release an album that kind of tells the story and I love that kind of special relationship she keeps with her fans and is always very honest which always makes for better music in my opinion now I ask you to go follow us on Instagram at the Spin Cycle Media, and there we will be chatting all things Speak Now, Taylor's version, and maybe I'll do like a live stream or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I definitely want us all to gather there and gab about the new album and possibly a new studio album that she'll be releasing because she has been in the studio a ton lately, as we've seen, thanks to paparazzi. So anyway, enjoy. Happy Speak Now, Taylor's version week. And let me know what you thought of this episode by liking, commenting, and subscribing. Love you so much. Talk to you next month. Bye.